All right. Welcome to the Zay Play Podcast. This is a disclaimer. What you're listening to are thoughts, opinions. They do not exist. They're not real. So if you get mad, do not listen. Or listen. Thank you very much. And stay mad. You know, either way it goes. But um, today I have some updates. So the goal is to keep putting out the podcast on Wednesday, but we might have a few late days. Picked up a new job, so yeah, we're on the grind. But uh, this podcast can be a little bit longer than normal, so I hope you all enjoy that. But uh, yeah, I just had to put that out there that things are getting a little chaotic on my end, so I'm gonna hold the hold the boat together, and hopefully, it comes out with good content. So stick with me. Okay, for TV, we have Your your Honor, and we have, well, Your Honor season finale. Uh, I watched Succession first episode, and yes, we will be talking about Love is Blind. All right, so let's hear. Here we go. First up, Your Honor season finale. Decent finale. They concluded it well. You know, good job, good TV series, Breaking Bad and Your Honor, both super good. You don't want to mess with this main character, bro. He's, he's fire. But, uh, yeah, no, I enjoyed it. Definitely. It could have been better, you know, but the only real characters you cared about were, I guess, Eugene and the judge. So everything seemed to resolve pretty well. Oh, sorry about that. Okay, then we have Succession first episode. It's pretty slow. A few funny moments. Um, Shiv and her husband, like, it's definitely a divorce. Um, I think we're going to figure out Roman's weird sort of, like, sexual thing this season. I think... Kendall's gonna give in and end up just helping Shiv. Um, and I definitely don't think he's selling the company. So yeah. And Greg. Greg's gonna be important this season. Now for the longer section of the TV section. Love is blind. Okay. So Love is Blind is I don't know how I would put it. Love is blind is. It's going to be good this season. Let's let's just say that. We got the one. We got team black couple. Brett and something. I don't know. I don't remember her name. But black love. they're, They're going strong this season, I believe. We have team. Oh. Uh, is white love weird? Is that weird to say? Team white love? Paul and uh, what's her name? Dude, I cannot remember any of the ladies. I, oh, my God. Do not. Her name is important, too. Oh, man. I want to say it was like Merrick, but it's not. Uh, it's okay. Well, she's friends with the girl who's friends with Irina. Boom. So, boom. I think her and Paul, uh, 
They're a couple. We have Irina and Jack, Jake, Jacob, Jacob. I think his name is Jacob, Irina, and Jacob. Um, And we have, I call them the TV couple. What's her name? Who really likes, what's his what's homeboy's name? Oh, my God, they're going to think I'm racist and misogynist. Okay, well, either way, they're the TV couple. They're the couple. He got rejected by, uh, I, I. he was going for Irina's friend. He got rejected and then circled back. She said yes. So I don't think they will work out. I think, I think they're the TV couple, right? They both wanted to be on TV. I think... Team Black Love is is good. I think Paul is going to hold it together. And that's it. So, yeah. That's that's Love is Blind, but I mean, the way things developed in the pods how Irina's friend did did homeboy What's his name? Oh, my gosh. I will get names later. I will figure it out. But that was kind of dirty. That was kind of dirty. Paul, smooth guy. When you win, you win. You know what I'm saying? But um, it's definitely going to be interesting this season. And I will definitely be talking about Love is Blind. So enjoy that. But that's probably going to do it for TV this week. Uh... What's on the menu is Mandalorian and Snowfall. I got to get into those. Uh, Wu-Tang, I know I haven't seen that in a minute, but they're doing the individual albums, and it's just, uh, uh, it's not really hitting. So, yeah. Bada-bing, bada-boom, TV. All right, I'm going to jump into some philosophy here, so bear with me. It's going to be a series of kind of thoughts and... um, ideas i've had about certain topics hopefully you guys enjoy and uh i'll get right into it have you guys ever really thought about how some people are just plain old attractive like not like you could be not intoxicated nothing in your system and you look at someone and you're like wow they're beautiful that has to be abnormal that can't be the norm I'm more of a like uh, two drinks in kind of attractive. You know what I'm saying? You know, you got to get a little loose to get, you know, this goose. But I don't know. I don't know. It was just something I was thinking about. But something else I was thinking about was, do you guys ever notice how security is like a weird thing? Like I'm secure in my masculinity or I'm 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 secure in, in, in my ability to provide well, here's the thing about security, right? Like in real life, it's uh, it's about being like you're safe until you're not safe, right? Like I feel like I'm safe in my car until someone pulls up to me with the gun. Do you know what I mean? So like why does the same not apply to mental health? Like <clears throat> I can be secure in my masculinity until I meet the rock. Like what the – like come on, people. Like, it's a weird concept that we can just like, oh, yeah, I can just choose to be secure. No, you can't. 
That's not how security and safety works. You just don't decide that I'm going to be the deer. Like, uh, as a deer, you can't just decide, oh, well, I'm just going to get this water and it be safe. That's just not how it goes. Like, you can't just be secure. You know what I mean? It's definitely based off of, like, your scale and what you know and don't know. And, like, you have to take action, right? So, like, I was thinking there are three ways to really deal with it. You can fight the feeling of the insecurity by becoming more proficient at whatever is making you insecure or getting rid of it. You could get out of environments so you can avoid it by avoiding environments that have whatever stimulus causes you to feel insecure. Or you could simply just wait it out. It could be like a small social interaction where someone points out something that is temporary and you just have to wait for it to pass. So I think we kind of have to change this idea of like, oh, you're just insecure. Well, yeah, I am insecure because it's not a secure situation, (laughs) you know? So, uh, yeah, it's just something I wanted to touch on. Like, come on, we need to rethink about this concept. All right, you guys are going to have to excuse my uh, sickness from last episode. I'm sorry. Um, But I did also... And I'm kind of sick this episode, but I did also want to touch on a topic, how it seems versus how it is, okay? How it seems is sometimes more important than how it is. And I touched on this a little last episode when I was talking about poker and how it's similar to dating, how you want to show up, but you don't want to show out, how you want to be at the table, but not show your hand. This is a very similar kind of concept in essence that your perception, especially within a relationship or um, like, yeah, perception within a relationship or in dating is really important because it's what gets all of the early stuff, right? Like all the early parts of dating or perception just kind of. Like in a poker game, your goal is to get a read. So in this case, perception is 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 key, right? Like when you show up to the table, you don't want to show you want to show up like you know what you're doing, right? Like um, just be prepared. Someone who's prepared when perceived is perceived more calm, more put together, more stable, which I think. Okay, well, let's do it from guys and girls perspective, right? So like as a guy, you, let's see, on average, right? You want to be perceived as competent, um, stable, and interesting. So let's try to break that down, right? Competence, how do we, you know, because we're talking about perception here, not if it's actually true, like, Hopefully these things are true, but maybe you're not like uh, presenting them right (coughs) in the proper fashion. So competence, competence would be going with, I think has to do more with your environment, right? Like, are you familiar with things? Do you know your way around? Do you have to ask questions? Are you able to provide what you need to provide there? Um, Can you interact with other people there? I think that shows a good sign of competence. Stability is usually shown at a sign of when something goes wrong or a problem, um, your ability to reconcile it, your ability to adjust on the fly. 
and your ability to say yes or no, I think is a sign of stability. And then finally, um, interest is your ability to keep information away, right? <coughs> you want to give enough information to cause questions, but keep enough information to stop them from asking them, right? Well, to keep enough information for stopping them from figuring all of them out. So I think if you can do those things as a guy and you show up on a date or like in any scene, you might um, have a more successful rate. Because you could be a dude who, <coughs> let's say you're not like you're about to go to a. All right, I'll put it this way, right? You're about to go to a movie convention. You don't even, or like a Star Wars convention, right? Because you know a girl there, she likes Star Wars, you're dope, you're doing it. Let's say you're someone who knows a decent amount of Star Wars, but you've never been to a convention. <coughs> you're a pretty good conversationalist guy, and um, you you don't talk too much. So you, you have the interest part and the stability part down. Now, this is the competence part. I would do... I would do some research on uh, Star Wars. I would do some research on the conference you're going just to be familiar with it. Just so if she has a question, you can answer just so you can provide things. Because now I'm going to go into kind of what I've diagnosed as what does it mean to have a vibe? Okay. And to have a vibe is kind of like this, right? So I, I've been a, a analyzing this word. When you walk into a room or like, let's say there's a room with someone. All right. Um, coming in, this topic is a little, uh, it's a little personal. It's a little, it's a little recent, but, um, it's all good. Uh, I think it's an interesting thing to study. I think it's an interesting thing to look at. But um, it's a little bit unique in the sense that it doesn't happen to everyone. I mean, getting blindsided sucks. But I also think that getting blindsided isn't necessarily something that's super common. So, yeah. Um let me dive into it. So <clears throat> this is another love topic. Um, love is a very interesting, strange concept, right? You don't really know if you're in it or if you have it or like there's all sorts of types of boundaries. But for the sake of this conversation, let's say <clears throat> let's give it like um, an hour's amount, right? I think judging people's relationship based off how long they spend together and how long they choose to spend together is a better indication of how much someone likes the other person more than what they say, right? So, like, if you have over a thousand hours with someone and, like, some of them are romantic, I would probably say, like, like it would have to be a ratio, right? So, like, if you have, like, plus a thousand hours with someone within, like, the year, maybe even more, because... I think it's probably hard to get plus a thousand hours with someone if you don't live together. But 
for this argument's sake, this is a, well, for this discussion's sake, this kind of touches on, um, no, it's more of a specific situation. So you've been with this person a pretty long time. Um, let's say that your relationship's kind of stagnant, but not because you you don't want it to go anywhere, more like you're stuck in your life situation, right? So (coughs) let's say you're in college, right? Um, or like you're, yeah, let's say you're a freshman in high school and you've been seeing this person. Um, well, no, let's do freshman in college. You've been, you're a freshman in college. You've been seeing this person for like two years. Um, you do most of the same stuff. There hasn't really been anything new. Won't be anything new until you kind of like graduate and you guys know that that's upcoming, but it's still kind of in the future. Now, Often, I don't know if this is how a lot of relationships work. Sometimes people fall out of love with each other at the same time. Sometimes people get blindsided. But let's say you're the one in the... Because it comes from two ends, right? Specific topic that I'm getting to is watching someone fall out of love with you versus falling out of love with someone. Okay? So... Also versus getting blindsided. So let's say you like this person, right? You've known them for about a year. You do some of the same stuff. Um, You just start to notice like little different things like this. In this case, like if you like the person and you're still like in love with them or really like them, you kind of like... You, you you start to notice a change, right? Like it, it'll be like less energy when they're with you or they're more snappy or they don't do some of the same stuff. Like I feel like a lot of signs of like someone falling out of love with you are very similar to like depression. So someone who's depressed, they're not going to want to do some of the same things they've been doing. They might have a change in appetite. They might be more angry. They might be apathetic. Like a lot of these things, like once you start to see them like creep into your relationship, um, it, they might be a sign, right? And so I often think like in, in a situation when one person is falling out of love with the other person, the person who's falling out of love, it, they can't really help it. But also, it is kind of um, like reactionary, to, like if you care about someone, not to hurt them. So you you try, it almost is like resentment. It like starts to slowly, slowly build because you're trying not to show it. And you don't exactly understand why it's there, this feeling. So it, it's kind of like a, like a time bomb in a sense. Like it, eventually it just like blows up, like all this resentment and feelings. And I feel like the person who's falling out of love, they they have a, like a level of guilt. I think there's a level of guilt. Um, I think it's kind of like a weird um, like seesaw because like you want thing. So the person falling out of love might not even want to, but it's like. It is like a weird guilt thing. And the other thing is the person who's watching you fall out of love. Like now, if this person wants you to fall out of love with them and they're watching it happen, they may do some things to accelerate it or push it or whatever. But let's say the person who's in love with you um, 
and they're, they see that you're not responding in the same way, I feel like it induces kind of like this panic response because let's say you guys were really, really, really good at one point and now things have changed. The person who, um, uh, it's, it's kind of weird. So like the person who the change didn't affect them, right? Like they still feel the same towards you <clears throat> and like it didn't really make them fall out of love or like over time they, their feelings really haven't gone down. It's kind of like the easiest way to put it is like, hey, you were giving me this reaction before. I haven't really changed. So why is this reaction not continuing to happen, right? And to me, I think fall like watching someone fall out of love is a very if you notice it, it's a very proactive thing. It's like a slow suffocation. Like you're trying to do things, you're trying to change it up, you're trying to bring back a spark and like it's like trying to light a wet blunt like that is not going. It's not going. And so like eventually you either give up, right, and just watch it die or there's, you don't really have much options, right? Or you you have the option to like, all right, if me continuing to interact isn't going to work, I need to pull back. But pulling back is a double-edged sword because it could make the other person who's falling out of love with you realize that, oh, yeah, I need more space. So it, it's a to me, it's a very interesting thing, right? Like <clears throat> watching two amical people who liked each other at one point slowly separate um, either due to just like non-compatibility or life circumstance is like a weird thing to do, right? Amical breakups still feel really bad. And uh, I I personally think it's harder to watch someone fall out of love with you than to lose love for someone, right? Because when you lose love for someone, it can be very internally frustrating and annoying, but you're coming to a realization, you're like that, that space and opportunity for other exciting things opens up, um, you're still in like, I feel like no one falls out of love when they need the other person, right? So you're probably in a better spot than when you started the relationship. So the person falling out of love is more of an experience, right? Like you're trying, like you're just, you're just going through it. You don't realize things. The person watching someone else fall out of, like the person who's watching you fall out of love with them and like they notice it, like they're not blindsided. It's gotta be like a like um to me it's just it's gotta be impactful like it's gotta be panic inducing anxious like you don't know what's wrong you're trying to figure out what's wrong it's stressful there's a lot on your mind and then there's the pain of knowing that you're eventually going to lose this person which is numbing and 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 difficult so it's definitely a uh process <clears throat> like watching someone fall out of love with you is more of a process you know what i mean than it is an experience um because you i feel like if you really love that person you're going to try to do things to keep them in love with you but it's not going to really work so yeah but i also think both of those so now like comparing being blindsided to knowing that someone is falling out of love with you right being blindsided 
oh my gosh, like that is probably the worst, right? Like you don't know why what happened happened. It happened. You can't do anything to change it. It's a very more just like event. And I, I feel like that is pretty traumatizing, like to be in love with someone and to not notice them, like not like falling out of love with you and things like that. It can lead to like cheating. It can lead to like explosive breakups. It can lead to very trauma inducing behavior. So it's like, um, I think there's like a good, a polite way to do this, right? So like, if you were in love with someone and you don't love them anymore, <clears throat> I think the best thing you can do is sit down and talk with them. Like if it's a hundred percent of for sure thing, it's done sit down and talk to them, but you need to do some work yourself. Like explain why you think you got involved in the first place. Like you probably should explain why, um, like you don't have those feelings anymore. What happened? Like explain, don't just be like, well, I feel this way now. And this is what it is. I don't know. Like, come on, bro. You cannot do that to someone who's cared for you and generally still does care for you. That's messed up. Okay. For me personally, um, I also think like, there's two ways to do it. Like if I'm going to break up with someone, that's what I want to do. I want to sit them down and be like, Hey, I felt like this at this, at the beginning of the relationship, this is how I feel now. This is how and why I think we got here. This is what I think we need to do. Like, those are the best ways I think to handle and maintain like getting rid of a relationship. Now, I also think there's proper etiquette for watching someone fall out of love with you. Right? Like if you see that the energy is not the same, you do this, 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 you can shoot the option out there. You need clarification, but you also need to just be like, oh, like, I think space can be the best thing. Like, it depends on your relationship, but like, if you're trying stuff, if you tried three different things and you're not getting like a similar reaction or whatever, you could talk about it, see if it's intentional or not. Um, if it's intentional, it might not be that she's out of love with you. She could just be mad at you or, or he, but if it's unintentional, then you got kind of a problem there. And like the biggest thing there is just like open communication, like making sure you're not doing anything or you're not trying to like you can work through the feelings if you're not on the same page so that you don't disturb the other person. Now, blindsiding someone, I think it's just really rude and like not good. Unless your relationship was like toxic and you didn't really like each other, you probably shouldn't blindside each other. But this is another one of those topics I might get back to, might look at something in the future. But uh, yeah, watching someone fall out of love with you has got to be, it can be somewhat traumatizing, right? But I think it all happens to a certain degree, right? If you, let's say you have, I mean, this is a more mean example, but like some people's parents, they loved you when you were little and you grow up and they don't love you now that you're older. I mean, there's other ways to put it, but it's an interesting topic. So I, I would just think about that, like breakup etiquette. How how do you break up with people? What do you think is the nice thing to do? Um, also think about just watching someone like fall out of love with you, not like you. You know what I mean? Like divorce is a real thing. And I don't think like there are some people who you could probably hang around forever. But I think some people are just the best person for us right now in our like current state of our lives. So we attach to them, but it, I mean, you're going to lose people in your life. So learning how to deal with that and learning the types of ways to deal with it and all that type of stuff is stuff 
you know, I challenge you to think about and to, you know, figure out. But, I mean, love is love. To live a life without love is a interesting, like, query. Um, because I think a lot of people do do that. Um, intimacy and, like, uh, care and passion can be expressed in different ways. Like, the way we see love isn't 100% absolute. But, uh, yeah, this this is a... Uh, I've been rambling long enough about this one, so I'll let it go. But, uh, yeah. Watching someone fall out of love with you versus falling out of love with someone. Very interesting. Hopefully I can get to falling in love or watching someone fall in love with you. Maybe we'll cover that one next week. But, uh, yeah, that's that's it for this topic. Lots of good topics today. So I'm going to drop another one on y'all. Compatibility versus power dynamics. And I'll explain it this way, right? You can have two people who get along super well together. Their personalities mesh. Everything like they they don't get in many fights. They kind of have the same defenses against the world. They're very um uh, compatible. Now put them in a situation where the power dynamic is something that they're not used to or can't operate in, and you're gonna get a whole slew of different um reactions, right? So power dynamics and relationships can be. I think it's more of a preference thing, like the same, like some people prefer to be the head of relationships. Some people prefer to follow. Some people prefer to be more 50-50. Some people prefer to be 90-10, da, 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 da. And when I talk about power dynamics, let's use percentages as kind of like the placeholder, right? I think two people who are super duper compatible and do gr- and are doing great, the best that like like I think they will succeed in a relationship if their power dynamic is either neutral or leans toward their preference, right? So if it's 50-50 and you're super compatible people, you will work out. So now let's say it's 50, now let's say you're compatible, but the power dynamic is switched. So either the girl has all the like the girl leans towards the power or the or the guy leans towards the power and vice versa. Whatever preference that you hold if you're not within that preference or neutral, you're going to have a hard time in your relationship. And I just think that's like human nature because the power dynamic does frame like how useful your compatibility can kind of be, right? Combat- compatibility can help overcome it, right? So I think most relationships would not survive 50-50. And I think it's like an ego thing. I think guys struggle with 50-50. And I think um, girls would struggle with kind of like the responsibility a little bit of it. it and i'm talking about like general dating so do not come crucify me about exceptions but um i think like compatibility make it's kind of like nature versus nurture argument a little bit of the compatibility compatibility versus power dynamics because you could have a real like let's say you have a 90 10 right like the guy is really in control, girl likes to follow, da 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 da. You can reduce compatibility, right? You could say like compatibility, they're only like 30% compatible. But when you're operating in such a strict framework, that 30% is 
um, good enough. Like there's breakpoints. So, uh, you know, those are things I'm really interested in. It's just like emotional breakpoints, time breakpoints. Like how long can you continue to do something with before failure? You know what I mean? Or how long can you continue to do something before the exact moment it's not worth it? So I think you can have like, a, like let's say you have a bad power dynamic, right? Like let's say you don't, like let's say the guy is like, it's like 70-30, right? Guy has 70% of the control of the relationship, girl has 30%. But they're super, com- like super incompatible. I think that the way the dude leads is going to annoy you, right? Like it incompatibility helps soften out the edges, right? Like it rounds it out. Two highly compatible people can work in like, they, so like, let's say you have two highly compatible people, but they're in a power dynamic that is not towards their preference. They will last longer than people who are less compatible, but I think will ultimately, it won't work out, right? I think it's like a time thing basis in it too. But let's say you have a really good power dynamic, but like people who are less compatible, I think it, it's it's kind of like vice versa. You know what I'm saying? It will last, but it will eventually end. I think you have like, you need to be like a baseline. You need to be like 40% compatible. You have to like the other person for it to work, right? Baseline, you need to be 40% compatible. But I feel like relation, like compatibility really only like allows you to like spend time together, like maybe grow together. But the power dynamic I feel is like is what keeps it interesting, right? Compatibility can be like your personality and other things like that. I think your sexuality leans into that like power dynamic a little bit more. So you have to like either maintain or like progress into a certain power dynamic. So like you could start off 50-50 and then like progress into your preference and then you're good. But if you progress into like your non-preference, like both of yours non-preference, then you're probably going to um, like eventually break up. So for example, like let's say there's two people and both of them like to run the relationship with. So like you're going to vie for who has the power in the beginning, right? One of you is going to win out. So if if the person that wins out, if the person that wins out doesn't, um, if the person that wins out doesn't, like isn't the person who is like preferential in the relationship. So like let's say I'm a guy and I'm dating a girl and I prefer the girl to be in the power dynamic, but I win the power struggle. That eventually is probably that relationship is eventually probably going to die. We could be super compatible, like let's say we're super compatible. We might last a long time, but like if I have the power and I prefer the other person to have the power, then it's eventually I think like you start to look for that. So I think it it goes vice versa too. Like if you have the power as a dude and you like mess it up, or like like let's say you and a girl you're both pretty headstrong. The girl, although she's competing for power, prefers to be in like the supplemental position and you win power, but you don't like being in power and she does, then she does like you having in power. You're still not going to work, right? It has to be both of your preferences has have to come together and your preference doesn't always shine through, right? Like, so let's say you have two people and 
one person really prefers to be like not the leader, not have the power. That doesn't mean you don't still have to vie for power at the beginning of the relationship, right? Like you kind of sort those things out and like power dynamics can change over time um, more than compatibility can, I think. So like, let's say you start off in the non-preferential part. Like, let's say like I have all the power, but then we finish school and then like my girl's making more money than me. She's like dictating things more. And so like those things can change, but compatibility is something that really like you cannot really change as much. So those are kind of like the two parameters I can kind of see just kind of like how you can't change how you're born, right? You can't change how you were like the innate things that are inside you, like your DNA, kind of how you can't change compatibility, but you can kind of like learn things and take steps to like control the power dynamic and to like have intention behind it and set boundaries. So you can kind of curate your relationship environment. So I don't know. It's interesting to me. I would um, keep thinking about it, like add to it, like what matters more in a relationship, the power dynamic or your compatibility. It's easy to say like compatibility matters more, but like we're all unique people. We're not all a hundred percent compatible. And like, there are going to be people you're more compatible than, less compatible than, but the way you like handle yourselves in relationships and the power dynamics you use don't work. Like you could have your best friend. Like this is these are reasons why like certain best friends can't date each other, right? Like you could have a girl best friend, but y'all don't date each other because even though you're super compatible, you make each other laugh and everything, you can't turn each other on or like you don't get to that certain point. And to me, that's like a power dynamic thing, right? Like you, someone can be a good leader. That doesn't mean you want them to lead you. So those kind of things are like important. I'll probably talk about this a little bit later, a little bit more, but it is an interesting question to think about and ponder. So there you guys go. That's it for that section. All right, current events. We got Jonathan Majors choking. Allegations or truth? We have Takashi 69 getting beat up. We got the TikTok ban. And then we got a little bit of music with Black's album that dropped. So let's get right into it. Jonathan Majors accused of choking. Is it true? I don't know, but I definitely know he will not be getting in trouble for it. They're about to, if it's true, they're going to be on him from now on. Um... They're definitely going to cover it up this time and get everything settled because he's worth too much money. But he will be monitored and it will never happen again. Now, if it's false, this is strange and not okay. If it's false, it's indicative of a weird sign in the culture that we need to be careful of. Like, why are you accusing this dude of choking if you didn't really choke? They say they have evidence. They say they have strong evidence. And she recanted her statement. So... We will see what the narrative is on that. But it is strange. Moving on to TikTok ban. CEO of TikTok, they will not ban him, but they are going to figure out a workaround, right? They're either going to commandeer and copy all of the software and make TikTok switch over to U.S. or 
or something. But TikTok, the app itself, it's just unfortunate that it's uh, that they can access the data like that. But I mean, ultimately, no one cares about data right now. It's a free for all. So it is what it is. Takashi, get, keep your security, bro. You better work hard. You got to pull something out because people are about to find you and get to you, bro. It's just the truth. You are so public, so the disrespect is going to be public is what it is. I'm not a big fan of Takashi 69 was never a big fan of his whole situation. It was interesting to watch. Like, um, Takashi 69 was the biggest thing for Andrew Tate. So, um, watching people get cloud and how they get cloud is very interesting. So, that was, uh, that was him getting beat up is not fake either, but I also think him putting it out and showing it is him trying to get money flowing again. And it's pretty smart. It's pretty genius. You give the people what they want. So there you go. And then finally, Black's album. It's coming out. Um, it's pretty good. Uh, you know, Black, classic, great R&B artist. Definitely someone you listen to during a smoke sesh alone. Good mood music. So definitely we'll check that out. No, Fatal Attraction is the big standout. That's his, uh, to me, that's the, uh, that's where he's really original and uh, seems to be the core of the album. But it's my little shindig on that. And then uh, Music of the Week. I'm going to go with the classic Luther Vandross. You know, there's been an argument between him and Michael Carson on who's a better singer, but, I mean, I'm a big fan of Luther, so definitely check him out. I'm going to throw some songs onto the playlist. But, uh, yeah, that's going to that's gonna do it for Music of the Week, and it's going to do it for the podcast. Uh, now, I'm going to jump in a little bit into the anime, a little anime uh, pinball. I am in the dress rosa arc of one piece so hopefully some of y'all are excited for me hopefully some of y'all you know 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 what i'm about to experience so i'm excited but uh yep there's that on that and then you know i've been on the grind you know there's gonna be a lot of big changes coming to the podcast gonna be putting more time into it gonna be getting my transitions down um definitely gonna be making pages and other things, so I'm going to be getting an Instagram, a Twitter up for this podcast, all that, so definitely keep your eye out, definitely, um, you know, keep on your toes, hopefully if you're you're really down, we can grow this, I, the, the fan name, the team name, we're going to be called the team, I, you know, I just messed that up, but the the our fans should be called the team. I think that sounds cool. The team. Maybe somebody will come up with a better a better uh name, but the team is cool. The Zionites. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. That seems that might be a little too political. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We'll think about names for the fandom later. But thank you all for sticking with me. Thank you all for listening to this episode. I hope you all enjoy all the philosophy and all of the 
um, the kind of thoughts I go through and run through here. It's kind of a ranting episode, but, it, you know, it's, it's not too bad. But uh, we made it through, and I'm going to catch you guys next week. Um, definitely um, expect a little bit better quality. We'll, we'll see around once we get to episode 15. We might have to turn it up a little bit, turn it up. So, yeah, so keep it cool and uh, let's the Zay play.